You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. We're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, White Sox fans, Brett Valentini here. Uh, and guess what? It's Southside Sox on the farm podcast number two. I almost didn't remember the name. We were going to, we were about to rename the second episode. We've only had one. It was less than a week ago. Actually, this is publishing on Tuesday. So it would be exactly a week ago, opening day. Darren Black was part of the very first Southside Sox on the farm podcast. And he's joining me again as the main writer of our weekly updates, our monthly updates, and oftentimes, I think two times a week, our intense nightly uh, minor league updates. You, I think, have dipped your toe in, I think, maybe a couple times this week already. Uh, what's it like to be back, Darren? It's uh, 2019 all over again. Uh, yeah, it's definitely uh, gotten some used to, but uh, doesn't really get wacky until Arizona starts. Playing. No kidding. <laughs> it's, this, is like, this is like gravy, just... <sighs> four games yeah. a night it's not you actually get pitch counts right now and then then you don't oh yeah yeah no kidding exactly yeah the games where like 15 people show up it's, i guess they don't pay as much attention to uh darren you'll also be happy to know you might be hearing me um not shouting that's because i decided <clears throat> darren to plug my oh, microphone yeah. in this time um it's a technological advancement darren it's called plugging the microphone in and i did it this time Uh, and i also hope we won't have uh any musical interludes but who knows it makes for fun so uh it could be (laughs) i noticed you immediately bopping last time it happened so maybe i'll just do it anyway in case things are lagging um but uh linked in the post for this podcast you're going to read Darren's very first uh weekly update. Uh this is something he's done for Southside Sox. I think dating back to the inception of our minor league update coverage it was a 
uh, much more in depth pretty much right after this current crew got rolling in 2018, where we were writing longer, uh, more detailed, more involved, and even more interactive uh, minor league updates. And Darren has sort of carried that from the start for us. So he's back in it now because just doing some of these nightly updates isn't enough. He's going to have to do like a weekly thing, man, sometimes a monthly thing. Uh, there's a lot of stuff but between he and I, I'm the one who does all the goofy tabulation of, uh, the um, MVPs and the cold cats and Darren does all the cool analysis and writing. So I got the easy part, but we tag teaming on these each week. Uh, they'll run on Mondays. Um, and you know, hopefully it's a good read and it's an easy way to keep up with the system. Even if you're not and shame on you, if you're not reading <laughs> every night's update or probably in the morning, but every day's update, because they're a lot of fun too, including the interactive voting. We're getting a pretty good amount of votes and it does help. It doesn't make Darren, the god of the minor leagues, it doesn't make me the god when I'm writing. Hey, you guys who are paying attention to this and following along, I can sort of chime in as well. And uh, I'm happy with the uh, interaction so far and the number of votes. So we've had some really big votes actually for some of these games. So it's interesting. Darren, let's start, I guess, at the top. We could take the most exciting and successful team so far, which I believe is Birmingham, but we'll get to them in a second. Mm-hmm. Let's talk Charlotte Knights. five out of six losses to start the season. Nobody's expecting much from Charlotte. Some AAA teams are actually fairly loaded. In fact, I think the team they just got finished playing actually had some guys I could recognize like, Hey, they could be minor leaguers at NCRA and um, Yilmer. (laughs) So, eh, (laughs) you know, okay, maybe, but you know, yeah, four, yeah, right. Four, four, a guys at the very least, but uh, unsuccessful week, but certainly the guy who you named MVP that was sort of, uh, and sort of a given because I think he's got out of the box hot right off the bat, maybe even cooled off a little bit. Is Gavin Sheets? Uh, talk about Gavin's week a little bit. Yeah, so he is hitting 300, hit a homer the first game, he's got seven RBI already. Um, he is in a big year because uh, he's all he's playing first base still, but he's also kind of playing the outfield in, in the era of put people in the outfield for the White Sox because. <laughs> They lost all the outfielders, but, um, but he had a good week. Uh, most of his production was the first couple of games and he kind of tapered off. Um, but it, he did slugging's at 500. Obviously it's only probably five, six game played, uh, but still he's showing power. And that's the thing that you want to see from Gavin sheets. Cause that's the thing you have not seen so far. And uh, you mentioned in your write up that he's, perhaps selling out a little bit for power, which takes away one of the things that was attractive about him as he's coming up the system, which was a pretty nice walk rate. Uh, Is that something he feels he's going to have to do in order to, to, to create the buzz to get into the majors? Or do you think he's a guy who can scrape the majors doing what he's been doing to this point? Uh, I mean, so if you take into, I mean, I wouldn't really call him a slappy hitter when he was playing from 17 to 19, uh, but he definitely was not showing the power that he should have. But he was still always an above average hitter at every level. Um, That was mostly because he, uh, the Babbitts were pretty high in some seasons and he was walking around 10% of the time, which is very good. Um, But the concern, I guess, is, is whenever a big guy tries to get more power, they usually strike out more and, Again, six games, um, but it's just something to keep an eye on because this is a guy that you'll probably see with the White Sox this year at some point, I would guess. Um, And it's up 10%, um, which, you know, if he's hitting more homers, that's, I mean, that's fine. 
Um, but it's just something to keep an eye on uh, as the weeks and months go on. And if you scroll down in the piece, you'll see that uh, Gavin Sheets not only is sort of on our running list of uh, tops in the system, we're sort of trying to put together a, a running all-star team across all four levels at this point. Gavin Sheets is in right field uh, on that team because he's played more right field uh, than anywhere else. Uh, and technically, Gavin would be the MVP of the entire system for this first week because he, he did so well based on the voting that, that you readers are doing. Uh, you did also mention your write-up, uh, and you do got to give a, a cap tip to Jake Berger just for getting back into it. Uh, home run, um, <laughs> injured, I think, in the first or second game, but, you know, came yeah. back. He's homered. Uh, you know, you, you, you just got to be sort of amazed and in awe of the guy. And I don't think there's anybody who's not rooting for him. No. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think he, I think that Homer is his only hit so far. He's just kind of swinging at everything right now, which is totally fine. He hasn't played since 2016, 2017. Um, but yeah, I mean, he came back already hit a Homer. Um, that's fantastic. Uh, I'm sure he probably didn't even think he would be at this point ever again after two Achilles injuries, which not a ton of people come back from a first one. Yeah. Um, so great to see him actually playing. Um, it was a little weird to see that he got kind of nicked up already, but let's hope that he can actually get through a full season. Now, uh, as evidenced by the fact that during the couple times of the White Sox have needed reinforcements, it's sort of like pick out of a hat and look the other way when it comes to starting pitching. So I don't think we're expecting a lot out of the Charlotte rotation. But the early showings, at least this first, first week, were not very good. Guys, you might, the guy you might consider maybe the number six guy in the organization, or I guess seven, depending on how you consider Kopech. Uh, um, uh, Jimmy Lambert uh, has not shown too well uh, yet. Mm-hmm. And, and in general, are we to expect much from the rotation if we get a guy who seems like he could come up on merit to make a start rather than just, Hey, it's his turn in the rotation. Should we be pleased just to get that one guy maybe for that spot start? Uh, I, I still, I still like Jonathan Stever. Um, I really don't really like whenever uh, they bring up starters and then just try to put them in the relief. I don't think um, pitchers are really wired that way. Right. You have to be a certain type of pitcher to be able to sure I'll relief one day and then start another day. Yeah. Um, and he, he was fine, but they're all on an innings limit. Again, they haven't pitched in forever. Yeah. So you got to, even if I think Jonathan Stever got through three or four innings, um, he didn't have any trouble getting through them. That's he true. just, he's on a pitching limit, yeah. but Jimmy Lambert's also coming back from injury. So again, it's nice to actually yeah. see him pitching, but he, yeah, he didn't uh, do well in his first couple starts. Uh, and if he's your seventh, eighth guy, whatever tabulation you count like Reynaldo Lopez or Michael Kopech mm-hmm. and all that thing. Um, he did not um, show out uh, to get you a little bit happy if he has to yeah. come up. You, you, you make a nice point on Stever though, especially given he has pitched for the White Sox, got knocked around and you sort yeah. of want to see him get that outing, even, even a, a reduced outing of just three innings and be able to get that under his belt a really good one. I, I'd like to see him. I'm not thinking his confidence is shattered in any way, but you just want to see him put together some nice innings, even at a triple a level uh, that's going to give him confidence when he does get the call back. Cause clearly sooner or later he will. Uh, Darren, um, a guy that you've championed that I'm a big fan of. He's had a rough start to the season and that's um, t- uh, Tyler Johnson. Um, what are you seeing from him uh, again, early, of course, a uh, small sample size. 
Yeah, again, early, um, just the, he, his command has kind of been all over the place right now. He's got five walks and four wild pitches and he's, he's only pitched just over two innings. So not great, not great margins there. Um, but again, he also, um, in 2019, he was coming back from injury. And by the time the season was ending, he was built up and getting ready. And then obviously shut down 2020. So it's just, there's a bunch of things that are just weird that is, are probably going to correct themselves come, come June uh, with these guys. You can kind of chalk up any bad performance to, hey, they haven't played in a while, if you want. Um, <laughs> unless it's somebody that's kind of been bad for a while. Uh, like when we get to Birmingham with Alec Hansen, we can talk about who's been bad for a while. Um, but I fully expect Tyler Johnson to be just fine. Um, it just seems like he's got some uh, kinks he's got to work out with his command. Okay, Darren, you mentioned Birmingham, so let's hop in the Southside Sox on the Farm Mobile. We're gonna we're heading uh, a bumpy ride. We're heading west to Birmingham and Regents Field, where I have been told. I swear it. You you tell me this, and you say, Brett, I'm not lying. It's true. You can't hit in Regents Field, but in winning five and six in the uh, first week of the season, it seems like a number of Barons hitters have really lit it up. Not just with nice averages, but some pretty good slugging. Uh, what do you make of that? Uh, yeah, I don't really, I don't know if they're using like the 20, whatever, the home run baseball, MLB ball that was out of the All world the spares, that year. Right? I think it was 2019. <laughs> Maybe they gave double I those balls. But... They rubbed out the logo and just stenciled yeah. a new one. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they've got six players who have hit two homers already in one week. And I mean, that's pretty remarkable. And uh, there's a reason I think they're four and two or five and one. Um, but yeah, and uh, I mean, the good thing is, is that it's been uh, some people that we've known from the past, like Taquan Forbes has got two of those homers. Rami Gonzalez has got two of those homers. So it's just seeing what will happen. Um, and I guess early on, it's going to be the bats that are going to take Birmingham to uh, a much better year. Darren, before we talk about the MVP, a guy new to the system, uh, let's talk about Gonzalez because a, a couple guys I want to bring up in this podcast uh, who are changing positions. Gonzalez was a left fielder in 2019 and he's moving to the middle infield. He's played short and he's played second. I think he's on our all affiliate team uh, right now at second base for his great first week. This is a, I mean, it's not unheard of, but this is an uncommon type of move. Uh, what about him? He's got speed. I, I assume, I assume, quickness but uh, did you anticipate this kind of move being in possibly in the works for a guy like Arami? uh i didn't think that he'd be playing shortstop the amount of time he was because in 2019 he was playing all over the place but he didn't play shortstop uh, i think in 2019 the only two positions he didn't play were shortstop and catcher um and you can usually chalk that up to rookie leagues just trying to get guys that need a bats at bats because um, it's rookie right. league. Sure. You just got to get people into uh, kind of a system there. But I'm pretty surprised that he's been playing mostly middle infield. Um, he does have speed. He got uh, double-digit stolen bases uh, in the, each of the levels he played in before 2020. Um, so he de definitely has that. Um, I'm not – it's obviously outfield to middle infield is a really weird thing because it's usually the opposite. You usually go middle infield to right. outfield. Um, but again, the White Sox seem to be an organization where they just want to just see how 
People yeah. play in some certain positions and then figure it out later. And this is really two seasons compressed into one in a sense. And you can't go crazy with that. But I mean, you know, if in doubt, you got to throw it against the wall because, you know, they're really trying to almost make up for lost time because these guys, they weren't able to pause yeah. their ages. Um, let's talk about a guy you mentioned, Gavin Sheets, sort of this being a make or break year. Uh, it might be a little premature to say that the same is the case with Michael Adolfo, but he's a guy that obviously is going to have to show something, including just being able to stay healthy. He started out, it seems a little slow. Uh, what do you think, you know, you know, about what the situation is for Mike and maybe what, what is his ceiling for this season? What would be the best case scenario for him? Uh, well, uh, honestly, the best case scenario is that he's a trade ship uh, come June or, uh, or, well, I guess it's August now, yeah. come August. Um, and I mean, he, since his injury, he really hasn't been the same hitting wise. Um, I haven't seen many reports about him playing the field uh, right now because he did have way back when before Tommy John, he had a 70 or 80 grade, depending what you uh, Mm -hmm. read arm. Um, But yeah, he's still striking out a ton. That's always been his problem. It's always been high thirties, sometimes even 40 right now. It's he's striking out in half of his at bats, which isn't great. Um, Yeah. Um, but he's got to show power um, and he's got to actually get the bat and the ball a bit more often. Um, I don't think it's, I mean, if he keeps playing like this, he, maybe he could slide through the rule five draft, but I don't, I think James said this on the last one. I do. I also do not see him being on the team next year unless he just wows and then uh, takes a right field or left field out spot outfield spot for the white Sox. But um, he's been on the decline and he, um, he didn't get the triple a, uh, assignment this season, which probably means the white Sox didn't expect him to be in the majors this year either. Um, and he's got to just prove everybody wrong at this point. Uh, f- uh, clear strength, uh, slugging the ball. What seems to maybe a clear weakness in this first week for the Barons is the bullpen. Uh, the cannon had a good week, but Bennett Souza, I don't think was too good. Andrew Perez was not, of course, Alec Hansen, Hansen, as you referred to is still struggling. Uh, again, small sample size. And, and at least the first three of those guys are arms that you'd have to consider to be, if not trade chips, guys that could see time on the South side, because they've been on a fairly fast track. And I think they, I think they have some pretty nice potential. So again, do we just describe this to sort of getting back in the games for the first time in a couple of years? Uh, yeah, I, I will always uh, defer to that uh, this early on, um, especially with pitching, because that's just such a different mindset from just kind of hanging out in the backfields and pitching and then actually pitching in a game. Um, but Bennett Susan and Andrew Perez are important guys to keep an eye on, because, again, the White Sox don't have a ton of lefties in their yeah. bullpen. Um, and you kind of hope you find someone, whether it's Cody Medeiros or uh, these two we're talking about now. Um, but, yeah, the the – the Barons did not have a good bullpen game when they allowed 13 walks in two, two outs. <laughs> oh, we haven't um, talked about that. <laughs> um, thankfully, Bennett Souza and Andrew Perez were not a part of that. But, yeah, their their starters actually had a decent decent time. It's just the bullpen uh, kind of gave it away, especially that, that game. Yeah, what I love about uh, the Cannon, uh, Perez, Souza, is they've sort of come up in the system. I think uh, Souza pulled away a little bit early. He got the falling uh, assignment in 2019. The fact these guys mm-hmm. are together, it's sort of this cool core unit. Uh, you know, you almost can see these guys almost coming up, maybe even to the, the majors together. That'd be sort of a, a fun thing, like a little three amigos thing going. You mentioned the rotation. Holy cow. Uh, both uh, Kate McClure, Connor Pilkington, uh, the double Ks, uh, had really good first outings. Um, 
Cade, I think, I guess, is it would be earmarked, the guy who could have been debatable for, for AAA to begin with, yeah. um, and a guy who got the uh, Major League Camp assignment and, and showed, okay, I think, in spring training. Um, but both of these guys seem like, uh, maybe Pilkington in particular, with handedness, um, are guys that you could imagine seeing time in, in Charlotte uh, at least second half of the season? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, especially Cade McClure, because he's also age-appropriate. Again, he would have been age-appropriate last season as well if he were up there and if there were a season. Um, but, yeah, he looked good. Um, he may be allowed too many people to hit the ball, but he got through it, struck out some people when he needed to, uh, and did his job. And Connor Pilkington did his thing where he just allowed soft contact and didn't really walk many people. And that's kind of his role. Um, I think. Cade McClure could get to the majors in a really bad scenario if they need to. Um, but again, if you are a White Sox fan or thinking who to, who might want, uh, who Rick Hahn might want to trade to improve their outfield at some point, um, probably look to the starting pitching. And these two guys are guys to keep an eye on um, because I'm guessing they're not going to, you know, trade for a really great player. <laughs> that costs a bit of money. <laughs> so you're going to look on the margins and these are guys that can definitely be traded for guys on the margins. We're sticking on the farm. Good topic yeah. though. Um, okay. Well, let's uh, use uh, our last uh, Barmanham slot to talk about the MVP, a guy that no one probably has heard of yeah. <laughs> reading these because his name is Ofredi Gomez. I probably don't even have the pronunciation right, but man, he had a pretty nice first week and people are yeah. noticing now. Yeah. He, um, so, uh, like in the piece says, he's apparently been in uh, professional baseball since 2013. Um, they didn't list a school on Fangraphs, so I'm guessing he was an international, uh, prospect. Um, but he was a starter, um, from 13 to 2019. Um, and then in 2019, he did kind of move to the bullpen. And it seems like the White Sox are using him in that sort of role as long relief slash, uh, uh, slash, uh, starter. Um, but I mean, he pitched five innings and got 11 strikeouts. That's very impressive. Yeah. So, MVP. Way to go, Gomez. Yeah. Uh, I don't, ha- right. I don't know much about his pitching arsenal. I'm sure we'll figure that out soon, especially if he keeps yeah, uh, maybe not MVP. 11 strikeouts in five innings, but it keeps, uh, uh, keeps a watchful eye. I mean, he's also only 25 still. So it's not like he's a 30 year old uh, guy, kind of not really prospect, but guy to keep an eye on. I'll say it, Darren. I'm Team Gomez. I'm Team Gomez. Yeah, um, I mean, how can you not be after 11 strikeouts? Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, we are, are going to focus on uh, single A uh, right after our break. If you're watching us, just take a little brief pause. Otherwise, uh, pay attention to the wonderful messages from our sponsor on the podcast. We'll be back in just a second. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, White Sox fans, Brett Valentini here. Edition number two, Southside Sox on the farm, talking with our guy on the farm. I don't think he's on the farm, but let's just pretend he's on the farm. Next time, Darren, wear the, wear the cowboy hat, wear the farmer's hat that I sent you. It's official oh, Southside yeah. Sox licensed merchandise, and the guy's not wearing it. What's going on with this? Maybe next time. All right, next time. Fair enough, fair enough. We're still get, we're getting our wheels under us here. And speaking yeah. of wheels, we are heading back east. We're going back to close to the Research Triangle. I found out it's actually... These teams, I think, are in the triad, not in the research triangle, but in the adjoining triad. I'm learning all kinds of things, having to write some of these minor league updates because that slacker, Julie Brady, doing like her final exams for her (laughs) final semester of law school. What a slacker. Clear, clear lack of priorities, Darren. Uh, I appreciate that you've got your priorities straight and you're carrying some heavy load for us here in the first week. Uh, Okay, Winston-Salem. Um, this level, maybe more than most years, or maybe this is common and I'm just learning this because I'm dumb about the minor leagues, would seem to be maybe the most fluid, even though I believe you and James had mentioned uh, on the first podcast last week that this Chris Getz had mentioned there wasn't necessarily going to be a lot of movement given the season's a little compressed and maybe they just really need to see guys and not be bothered so much with the movement. It would seem to me that Winston-Salem is either going to be a launching spot to get people up into Birmingham or maybe even more so uh, guys who might even get some aggressive assignments sort of maybe even flushing out of the, the system. And whether or not that's true, I'm just trying to show off and talk about the minors like I know something about it. But let's talk about, uh, to that point, Bryce Bush. Uh, he's a very young guy. He hit the ground running, uh, having been that surprise sign for the White Sox, and he killed it in his mini season. And then in his full season, he really took a step back with some varying issues with his eyesight, with his, and perhaps related his fielding. Obviously, his hitting wasn't good. He gets what is a relatively aggressive assignment to the dash, and early on, he hasn't lit it up. Talk about his prospects. Is he a guy, if he has a poor season, where does he rank with the White Sox, given so many guys sort of on his tail um, at Kannapolis? Uh, I, I think he'll, I think he's uh, fine um, as a as standing. Like if if they're going to bring up someone from Kannapolis, Bryce Bush is still going to start because mm-hmm. um, I think so far he's only been a DH, um, so he yeah. hasn't even gone to the outfield yet, yeah. uh, which is what he plays, even though he used to play third base. Right. Um, but the, the, the weird thing is with his eyesight, like he's still walking a bunch. So that's a good thing. He's just not, he's just not hitting it yet. Again, back to the old thing, like, well, it's early season. So, uh, uh, and especially after not playing, you can kind of chalk it up to that again. Um, but he's definitely still a guy to watch. I think he's the youngest player on the team or at least the youngest Mm -hmm. hitter. Um, so he'll definitely have a spot throughout. Um, and even if he doesn't, have the best season this year even if it's incremental improvement it's still a guy to keep an eye on for uh, years to come darren as was already evidenced by ofredi gomez uh something i didn't calculate when i decided to start up a minors podcast that i would actually play a role in is the fact that it's going to be a challenge to know how to uh, uh pronounce everybody's name and this one should be easy but i mean the two starters again at this level doing really well out of the gate johan uh, dominguez and then also jason bilius Bilus? Uh, I, 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 I don't know how to say his name. I, I, 
I'm guessing it's, I thought it was, when I read it in my head, I say Blouse. But... Okay, we had the K&K boys in uh, Birmingham starting and killing it. We got the J&J boys here in Winston-Salem. Talk about how they've got out of the gate uh, uh, starting because it's impressive. Yeah, so Johan Dominguez made the switch to starting last season, and he was actually very, very good. Um, and they at White Sox obviously liked it enough mm-hmm. to see if he could still do it. And he's actually had probably one of his better starts uh, he's ever had. Yeah. Um, he was a quality start machine <laughs> last season. Um, but he didn't really have a ton of strikeout numbers and uh caper nine uh, over nine with his last start is one of his, one of, one of his better starts that he's had, at least for the White Sox at this type of level. Um, so I wouldn't say he's a guy to keep an eye on yet. I'm sure if he is ever up in the majors, it'd probably be a lefty uh, reliever type guy. Um, but Jason Belouse is a bit better person to keep an eye on. He got a big bone or a big er bonus over slot uh, when he was drafted by the White Sox. Um, and he is doing good. He was in the Cody Hoyer draft and then Cody Hoyer went from starter to reliever. Right. Um, I'm sure Belouse eventually will also go to reliever. Um, but it's, you have to have some guys start and you got to see what they have. And if they can't prove it, then you move into the bullpen. And right now there's no reason to move either to the bullpen yet. We hear, it seems like we always hear given that Gilbert Sanchez is a guy who's uh, has been up until now, I guess, and maybe even still now old for his level. Is this a guy, unlike somebody like we just talked about Bryce Bush and some of the younger guys uh, who really needs to hit the ground running and he doesn't have a lot of time to, to not uh, produce. Yeah. So I think, I think you can put categories of uh, placements either in aggressive or they're not going to make the majors. Um, you could, a bunch of people are aggressive, but like Mike Rodolfo, the Yulbert Sanchez placement was he's not ready. So let's just have him work up the system. Um, I think every scout says his defense is ready and I'm sure it is, but uh, they don't really need a guy that can't hit on their bench right now. So you got to see if they can unlock something with him. Um, and he's not going to show much power. He's a contact guy. Um, last year or not last year, 2019 in the, in the DSL, he looked fine. Um, but he, he's got to prove it right now in the States this year. Fast fact that no one cares about Darren and you probably don't either. Uh, when the season was off last year, as, as you may recall, um, we did, I guess it was at Sports Illustrated. I don't even remember where it is. We've been so many places, Darren. I can't keep them straight. But we did a simulation of the season because, what? there's nothing to talk about, right? Okay, yeah, there's mm-hmm. still a pandemic. And uh, I don't know if it was a combination of – I know nobody could hit on this White Sox team. They're about 500 when we, when we cut it off when the, when the game – when actual baseball came back. But I do recall that Gilbert Sanchez was actually called up into the majors because of some kind of connection. I think he was lighting it up in the mm-hmm. minors, and he actually did pretty well uh, in the majors last year. So clearly, in my mind, he's just way behind <laughs> because he's already yeah. played in our fake video game league and done well. Okay, a guy who uh, – flipping back to aggressive, who's actually uh, – the average isn't there, but it seems like he, uh, he's putting the bat on the ball pretty well, uh, Luis Mieses. Uh, yeah, uh, I think it, I think he hit his first homer of the year. I, I think that was the first game uh, when Julie was looking for guys to take a video, and then he <laughs> hit a home run, <laughs> which was pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, uh, his profile has always been uh, kind of like, like he's clay, like he's really raw. You got to figure it out. And I mean, again, he has to do it now. 
Um, he's always been more of a contest guy. He's never really been a walk guy. He swings a bunch. Um, he's really just a guy that you just got to watch, a watch him play a full season and then you'll figure out what he is. Cause he used to be a top 30 prospect for the Sox, uh, based solely on potential. And now he's getting up to the age. He's not a teenager any longer. You can't just, oh, he might be really good in five years or something any longer. He's got to start proving it. Um, and this is a really big year for him. Because if he doesn't prove it, then the Sox might take more outfielders, because maybe they should, uh, in the next <laughs> upcoming draft. And then he's going to be out of a spot. It's a whole other podcast, Darren. Quit going there. Uh, okay, uh, listen, you're a mild manner guy. You're a nice fella, but I'm going to just say it. You're you're saying that Julie Brady was taking video like a law student. You're saying it. It's okay. You're saying it. <laughs> and Julie, if you don't like, if your ears are burning and you don't like hearing this, listen, you got to come on the podcast and defend yourself. It's about time. It's time. Anyway, Darren, I'm not looking to bump you off for God's sake. Uh, but anyway, uh, last guy we're going to talk about, once again, we're going to round, uh, we're going to wind it up in uh, Winston-Salem with the MVP for this week. And that's Luis Cabrera, another guy who was a former, I don't think he's still hanging on a top 30 status or top press yeah. status. He's, he's a, a guy who he really, a former. yeah, he needs to scrape his way back in and he's gotten off to a pretty killer start uh, toward that end. Yeah, so like uh, Luis Meises, who has to show out in his 21-year-old year, um, Curbelo did not show out in his uh, 21, age 21 year. I think he actually got a demotion because uh, he was having a lot of trouble in Kannapolis. Um, he, he is a streaky guy um, from what I remember back in the 2018-2019 uh, uh, minor league updates. Uh, he would be great for a week and then just go back to what he was. Um, and so, again, he was really great this week. He has over a 200 WRC plus, which is a really fun stat for, to, begin, to begin the year. Um, but he actually has to prove that he can actually do it because um, eventually uh, these guys at uh, Kannapolis are going to come up and then the Luis Corbellos of the system are out of a job, like former top 30 prospects are out of a job because the new top 30 prospects are coming up. Mm-hmm. Um so just like my AC's high K rate, um, right now he's walking a bit uh, more than usual, which is a pretty decent sign that he's actually seeing the ball well. And you can obviously see that in his offensive stats too, or at, at hitting the ball stats. Um, but yeah, just got to see what he turns out to be. Because again, the tools were there when uh, they signed him. Um, now he, he put it together for a week. Got to wait to see if he can put it together for a month. Okay, Darren, you may be aware that Vox and SB Nation does not offer uh, accidental death and dismemberment insurance, but nonetheless, we are going to parasail over from Winston-Salem to Kannapolis for our final stop. Uh, I think something on the ground might get us ill, so I want to sort of fly over it and maybe just hover and talk about the team in their new ballpark, the Atrium Health Ballpark, I believe, um, because they're bad. They've lost all six games. Uh, a couple have been close, but uh, I think as you point out, and maybe caution me because I was probably panicking and screaming and crying about it. You said, dude, uh, these guys are young. We're going to get some weird streakiness with this team so they could run off six this next week, but they're 0-6. Um, that said, my guy, I don't think anybody picked them higher on the rankings. I think Fangraphs did. But for some reason, because I'm an expert, Darren, so I should yeah. grow about this. <laughs> I love Jose Rodriguez, and he's your MVP to start the uh, season here. He hits the hell out of the ball, and you basically – he might be a guy at this point already that you sort of don't want to be getting a hot dog or a beer while he's up to the plate. 
Yeah, he uh, so with the new stadium Canapolis has, you can actually watch games on MILB.TV, and I watched a few. And then our Daniel Victor also um, t- taken a bunch of video of the in, or Cannonballers guys, old name. Um, <laughs> but he is, I mean, he is just a fun guy to see at the plate. Like he he takes hacks. Like he he has fun when he swings. Like it, and he, and it's fun to watch him swing. Um, but he. Uh, the, when he was, um, in the Dominican, uh, he was showing a ton of power, good bat to ball skills, uh, decent speed. Um, and he's already showing that here, which is a good step. Um, this is his age 20 season. So if it, he probably should stay in Kannapolis, but I mean, he, and Fangrats has him as a top 10 prospect for the White Sox. So you, you could easily see him come up to Winston-Salem. Um, if he still has the same production as he did in the, in the Dominican, because I mean he is a he is a fun player. Uh, Chase Krogman is a guy who probably would have been the MVP based on how he started. He got hit by a pitch. He's been out since then. I believe he had an MRI, had some sort of uh, examination, so there may be an issue with uh, that that hit batsman. Um, but he's a guy uh, the White Sox loved enough to I think offer pretty over. Didn't want to let him get away. And yeah. at least through what a couple games, he really showed why. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they took him out of high school, gave him a bigger bonus, um, even though it says drafted in round thirty-four. They paid him like he was definitely not in drafted in the round of round thirty-four. Um, but yeah, he played three games, hit a homer, was walking, uh, five hundred batting average, and then he got hit. Um, it, it looked like right where the forearm comes to hand. Um, and he's been out for a little bit. Uh, I think uh, he said on Twitter that he'll be back soon, so it didn't seem too bad. Um, but it's always with White Sox prospect outfielders. It's always uh, when someone gets hurt, you always gotta cross your fingers and <laughs> hope nothing else is worse. But yeah, I mean the Sox love him. Um, it, that uh, eventually that group of hitters is going to be really fun. The 19 or 20 year olds just raking because. Again, really young team, really streaky, but really exciting to watch. Yeah, Darren, not to hop back to the last guy, but I did look it up because I want to. I do want to crow, and you know I'm a modest guy, so I'm not going to crow very often. But Jose Rodriguez, I had he's my number twelve guy, not quite top ten, number twelve. Nice. So hopefully my bullishness will get this guy. Like he's going to be, he's going to be. Well, I won't say. I, I'll just shut up now. But anyway, well, he'll 12. eventually be top ten because uh, Vaughn and uh, what's his face, uh, Garrett Crochet, will come off the prospect list so he'll be done that at that point i had to take the blush off of my prediction man okay uh <laughs> all right uh here's something i want to ask you about because this is another position change that intrigues me brian ramos has been playing some second base now maybe not to success yet because he had an error that sort of cost a game or certainly put a game in jeopardy granted mm-hmm. in the bottom of that inning he almost had a game winning homer that i guess was under some debate that maybe it was actually a game winning homer but the umpire got it wrong at any rate he's playing second base what's up with that uh, well, again, White Sox just kind of put guys wherever and see how they do. Um, but when he was at third base in 2019, he didn't do all that well. Um, but it's just funnier to say the Sox just put people wherever they think they should go. Yeah, because the major league team has not evidenced that this year. Yeah. Danny Mendick right playing. Vaughn in left field. Jake Lamb in left field. I think Tony Russo played a couple innings at shortstop. Yeah, okay. So this is a theme for the season. Uh, I don't think it's on the actual pocket schedule, but maybe in the second half they'll print up another batch and they'll actually use that uh, as the slogan. Um so maybe I missed the fact that uh, Ramos has played some second base already. 
Uh, no, no, oh, he okay. was a third baseman in okay. 2019, so. and he had uh, seven errors in uh, 30 or so games, which is not great. So bring him to a <laughs> spot base. where you can actually throw and see how that goes. All right, fair enough. But yeah, I guess if the if the issue was with the arm, then maybe you move him closer to first base. All right, too much fun with you, Kenny. I'm sorry. Uh, okay, uh, Benjamin Bailey, I think is listed at like was a six one six four, and I think I've seen it mentioned, and he is like. Um, six fourteen. The uh, man is huge. Um, I like that we've lost Darren. This is fun. Um, if you, you might want to switch over to the video because Darren is actually he's left the building. Oh no, he's back. Okay. Um, uh, uh, no explanation necessary. I do like it when the guests just sort of walk off set. This is cool. We're having fun. <laughs> All right, we've we clearly we are at low A because we reached the nonsense part of the podcast. But if uh, you and your little AirPods there did not hear me, uh, we're talking uh, Benjamin Bailey, and he's massive. He frightens me when he's up to the plate, and that's on like sort of the fuzzy screen um, on MILB TV. Uh, yeah, he again really toolsy guy, um, and he's only in in 2019. He only played in the DSL. So going from the DSL to full season baseball, um, I mean, he's probably, he definitely has not played in the month of May uh, the last two years. Um, so it's just, he's just getting into it, new place that he hasn't really been to um, from international. So there's just a whole bunch of things going on and he's just 19. So there's a lot of, a lot going into his new spot. I'm quite confident that he'll figure it out and get going later on. Um, it's just a lot for a 19 year old to go through, especially like in a pandemic. So there's a lot going on for him. I mean, this is a crazy team. It, I mean, you can say it's loaded and I mean, come on, it's low A. So what does loaded really mean? But I mean, Rodriguez, Bailey, Ramos, DJ Gladney, uh, this is sort of a chase Krogman. This is, <laughs> this is pretty sweet. This is a fun team. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's your, it's your second wave of really good prospects that you need to, um, help filter in in the majors if uh, obviously if injuries happen later on or if uh, someone goes uh, into free agency and doesn't resign back with the Sox. This is your next group of guys. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. if someone's doing really well or poorly so far, it's fine. It's just week one. And these guys are, you know, they're born in 2000 and 2001. Huh. <laughs> they're, they're young. <laughs> uh, okay, and to, okay to that end, we've got a really—I mean, maybe the most exciting rotation. Um, speaking to what you're saying, that this is a second wave, and this is really where it's at. Not even in Winston Salem, really. Um, you've got the prime arms, the prime young arms that could eventually maybe be trade fodder, but guys that are certainly mm-hmm. going to be counting at least one of these guys to play in the rotation. They're all going to be protected because they're young. And even in the case of a guy's maybe not as young, Bailey Horns, a guy you probably still got to be a little bit ginger with. But really, of the four that you've listed and the, and the four main guys, really only Jared Kelly uh, scuffled. And, and you could just attribute that to a fluke. I mean, we're talking about one start, but you know, how this young batch, this first round through a show for you? Uh, well, Bailey Horn and Andrew Dahlquist actually did pretty well. Um, but all these guys are going to be on severe innings limits. Yeah. Uh, Cause just take uh, back to Jared Kelly. That was his first professional game he's ever pitched. So it's, I mean, and it's at uh, low A. So it's just a lot that they have to get through. And like none of, I highly doubt any of them will be throwing a hundred innings this year. Um, so it's just kind of pitch two innings at a time, maybe three once they get up there, maybe five at the end of the year or not the end of the year, but around the all-star break. 
um, once they're really getting to things. Um, but yeah, he didn't do so hot. He walked some people. He got hit around. Um, and it was all in the first inning. So it just looked even worse because um, it, he couldn't even get through the first. Um, but I'm sure he'll be fine. He'll be the number one prospect for the White Sox once uh, Andrew Vaughn and Garrett Crochet graduate. Um, so all eyes will be on Kannapolis um, in a few short weeks once all those MLB prospects graduate. And this is why, Darren, there needs to be approximately 85 pitchers on the Kannapolis roster because basically everybody there is going to be pretty severely limited, even if you were a relief arm. Not that that's not already limited, but uh, really nobody's going to get kind of any kind of, any kind of extended run because um, even a guy like Horn who maybe went four innings, that's an indication he's, he, he might not even go four for a full season. He might just be shut down at some point because, you know, once these guys hit their limits, yeah. it's like, okay, <laughs> enjoy an early vacation. Yeah. Or, you know, Horn is a bit older than Kelly. So he might, I could see him going above that, but again, these guys just haven't let alone not even pitched since 2019. They have never pitched a professional baseball game until last week. And I think uh, people should keep that in the back of their mind. Um, if someone's not doing so well. Um, but yeah, that when it, it's going to be bullpen games mostly, and a lot of people are going to be going two innings, three innings uh, when they're uh, going through middle relief orders. So it's just going to be weird, especially to start, but hopefully come June, July, it starts to normalize a bit. Um, and then if someone's doing really well, like Bailey Horn keeps going on and pitching four or five, maybe even six innings later on, then maybe he's bumped up because he's age appropriate to be bunched up or bumped up. Um, but what's just early going. Uh, it may be an indication of how Darren thought this podcast was going. And I, I winced to think about maybe how the, the, um, the listen is for all of you uh, watching or listening at home that he just decided to get up and leave there for a second. But uh, <laughs> believe it or not, uh, Darren is going to be a stalwart on the show. He might not be on every week and we might not even do the show necessarily every week. Uh, but I know we have Dan Victor coming up uh, out of Kannapolis. Uh, he's <laughs> he's like original gangster in Kannapolis. He's got the yeah. season tickets right behind the plate. He gets the prime video. So he's a guy we're going to want to talk to about the new ballpark and about this exciting Kannapolis team. We've just been talking about Darren and I, uh, Julie Brady, of course, ears are burning off as she's trying to focus and study for a final law exam and actually graduate and be part of the bar and continue to ignore us here at Southside Sox. <laughs> trouble um but of course darren uh want you back uh whether or not you leave in the middle of the show i do want <laughs> you back and uh of course you're the guy you're sort of the pin in all this so even if we have you know dan coming up or julie or whoever else uh maybe just sit in and we do uh we do a three pack or a four pack uh it'll be fun but thanks for joining again uh we're gonna try and hit this every week we might not do it every week who knows we might throw one like on, on a thursday or something um, technically we'll probably try to do one right around the time darren is publishing his weekly rundown uh and you know so we can sort of do a little companion piece you guys can read as you're listening or even watching us so you can actually see that i'm not lying i'm not trying to throw darren under the bus he got very frightened about that parasailing and he actually yeah. left the studio briefly but he's back uh, because he knows how important Southside Sox podcasts are to all of you out there listening. And this is number two coming to a conclusion, Southside Sox on the farm. Uh, thanks for taking the tour of the Southeast with me, uh, Darren. Let's uh, do it again real soon. Yep, we will.